Hello and welcome, dear listener, to the Monsters, Madness, and Magic podcast. You know, we live in some truly strange times. A pandemic ravages the globe. People are more socially isolated than at any time in recent history. Businesses are closing left and right. And things we've previously taken for granted, such as going to the movies, have become borderline social taboos. During this time of tribulation, however, an indie horror film called The Wretched managed to reach number one at the box office by utilizing an often overlooked method of distribution, the drive-in theater. Justin Young, Daniel Edenfield, and myself had the privilege of interviewing the brains behind this dark course of horror. Directors Brett and Drew Pierce, producer Chang Singh, and makeup effects supervisor Eric Porn. It is our hope that this interview shines a light on what it takes to make a successful film in these trying times. Without further ado, I give you the Monsters, Madness, and Magic interview with the brain trust behind The Wretched. Enjoy. Chang told me over the email that all you guys have like really unorthodox methods of getting into the industry. Like, I'm just curious oh. as to what your stories are. Um, I think for me, it was uh, Drew and I just we were back in Michigan, back home, uh, making like, you know, $500 movies with all our buddies from high school. And we, we just moved to Los Angeles because we kind of like realized we you know, actually we talked to Bruce Campbell. Um, cause we knew him from evil dead days cause our dad worked in evil dead. And he was just like, if you're serious about, you know, making films, you got to move to California to LA. So we did. And, uh, I worked every cruddy production assistant job there was. I mean, at some, one point I was, uh, working on Dukes of Hazard two and I had to go measure a 500 pound pig in a mud pen. <laughs> they needed to make a fake one that they were going to drop on the hood of a car in Dukes of Hazard 2, straight to video. And nice. they sent me a PA with just like a measuring tape, and I just get there, and it's 500-pound pigs just walking in the mud. And I'm like, so they're trying to like get the length of it and falling in the mud as another pig's like pulling the keys out of my back pocket. It was, uh, you know, it was glamorous, <laughs> just like Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> Brett, Brett and I have always sort of had like the eye on like how to get into directing, but we've, yeah, we like you said, we've done every job there is. Like we worked on a lot of like Snoop Dogg music videos and like a Snoop Dogg, <clears throat> kind of a bad horror movie. <laughs> what, Bones? Bones? Uh, of horror. Horror. Oh, just a real yeah. shocky kind of, you know, um, lo-fi horror movie. I did actually like some tattoo design for Snoop Dogg on that movie because my background, I'm uh, I went to school for art and drawing and animation. So I worked I used to work on Futurama and um, now I do a lot of storyboarding for like movies, commercials, all sorts of things. Um, but yeah, it's just and, but back then we we were jumping on any low budget production and i'd always try and sell myself as like i can storyboard or i can design something or let me draw something or help with production design so i've done i've done some makeup <laughs> i did i did some aliens in like a day of the earth not day of the earth stood still for the um, worlds like knock a off. Bad Wait, knock knock off. Off. when they yeah, made the yeah. tom cruise one i did like the really terrible like asylum knockoff with dude Jay. i love the asylum <laughs> the asylum movies are 
I, they're all great. I don't care. They're yeah, great. I made some bad aliens in one of their movies. So if you ever see that, I think I'm running in the background of one of their frames. Which too. one do you remember? I do uh, every year. I, I've started hosting what we call the Mockbuster Summer, and it's just <laughs> where I pick. Basically, it always ends up being asylum films, but I always well, pick them. And, it's War of the Worlds because I think they can use that name because it's public domain. So I think they just called it War of the Worlds. <laughs> I, I will remember that next time yeah, we yeah. go up there for the Mockbuster Summer. I'm going to remember this, guys. That yeah, is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember I went on this like tangent, like they came up to like interview Jake Busey was on that movie. And I just went on this like, you know, minute long tangent about how like, you know, this is like a fun movie. It's like a throwback to like Ray Harryhausen. And like I just ranted through all like the animation and kind of cool things. And he basically just... <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to him. Then these interviewers stepped up and basically just he repeated verbatim everything I just said. <laughs> His answer. It was so funny. That's um, definitely a very uh, busy thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> but, I'm, I'm uh, amazed he had enough recall to repeat everything you said. Yeah. Funny <laughs> yeah. guy. Yeah. Well, yeah, we just did every odd and end job. Um, and then, event, you know, always with an eye, we started to actually get a little comfortable because we, Brett started working in production and I was working as like sort of a full time storyboard artist. And we started to feel like, you know, we moved to California to make movies. We didn't move to sort of like make other people's movies. <laughs> uh, so we, we <laughs> every so often we decide to like quit our jobs and go broke trying to make our own movies. And this is sort of just, you know, one of those. <laughs> That's right. So, so Drew walked away from Futurama to do Deadheads, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I admire the hell out of that regardless. I, I'm a real big proponent of the DIY middle finger, do-it-yourself kind of thing. So yeah. there's nothing but respect over here, <laughs> no matter what y'all did or how you did it. It's, yeah. yeah, nothing but respect for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, going, going, back further, I mean, going back further, these two guys actually, you know, they – kind of grew up with uh, Evil Dead as it's being filmed. So, I mean, that's, that's why when I say unorthodox, they, they, they go almost like, how old were you guys when, when, uh, uh, when you guys were working was, on Drew was like a newborn, and I right. was like two or three. Um, yeah, and they, like, I mean, they had shot the movie in Tennessee already, but they hadn't really done a whole lot of effects work on it. They had done some, and the movie was kind of working and kind of not... So they came back to Michigan to like shoot a bunch more scenes and they asked my dad and Tom Sullivan to do like a kaboom ending, like to do this big, you know, demon meltdown sequence. Um, so dad just took over the basement for the whole summer with his buddy Tom Sullivan, the other effects artist, and they just, all the crew just like worked out of the basement for a couple of months, maybe three months and just destroyed my mom's house, like broke every mirror. <laughs> they, were they were using the mirrors for like photographic effect shots. They brought in cockroaches because they wanted the effects. And then the cockroaches got into the house. They brought in snakes. They just, they like destroyed the place. And like, um, my mom just has like this, like this perspective of they all just came in and made a huge mess. And <laughs> destroyed the place. But, yes, um, but it she, was worth she, it. She loved yeah, it. it. She yeah. loved it. I can totally see her she, loving she, it. She liked it too, but she had to explain to all the neighbors. She's like, well, what are you letting these people do? And everyone thinks now, they go, oh, Evil Dead, it's this big thing. But I mean, once those guys were like 18 to 21, so they're like, why are you letting all these stupid kids like destroy your house for this like low-budge horror movie? I don't understand it. So so they, um, yeah, they just took it over and Drew and I were just kind of privy to all that. And, you know, it just, I guess in a weird way, what was cool about it is, we always thought like, you know, we kind of still have this mentality in our head is when you go make a movie, you go get good people and your friends. Chang's a buddy of mine and he's a, a great producer, but he's also my buddy. I, I just want him there because he'll have my back. And same thing, Eric, we know through Chang, he's an old buddy. <laughs> and now Eric's a buddy of ours. Just like we know Eric's like pot invested too and wants the movie to be awesome as well. So it's um, and that's kind of like those guys are and, and you know in a lot of ways you, you come out to LA and you try to make movies here and there's so much in the way of you trying to make your movie like mm -hmm. trying to convince a studio to make it and then get the money and then make sure every one of these producers says okay to the script and doesn't want to change something so it's so much nicer and freeing when you're like I'm gonna write it find the money and then I'm just gonna hire the people I trust and we're gonna go make it it's yeah every like, Every new project is just presumed as a failure. <laughs> and yeah. just years, you know, we we did it for years. You you pitch, 
you're pitching to your friends, you're giving Braveheart speeches, you're trying to get people excited about something that you're excited about. But from everybody else's perspective, everybody's looking at you at the, out of the corner of their eye, kind of like, are they actually going to make a movie? Is this going to be any good? Is this going to be on like, you know, <laughs> yeah. some channel we never, we've never heard of? Or is this something we're actually going to want to watch? Yeah. Um, That's so like our neighbors when they were making Evil Dead when we were kids. They're like, oh, yeah, the Pierce boy's mom let all these kids make this shitty movie in their basement. <laughs> so that was the right. Product, you know? so, yeah, the actors yeah. on that movie, they yeah. just they thought it was going to be this turkey. Like nobody wanted the real names on the Evil Dead. <laughs> you know, that's just sort of, yeah. you know, the legend. That is one thing about movie making, though. It's easy to cast it because, I mean, every even nowadays, everybody wants to be in a movie. So I imagine that. You know, finding the good one, the right one, that's always tough. But as far as yeah. just finding crew, it seems to be pretty easy. At least from my, like, it, at least I'm yeah. speaking from audio drama perspective. But, I mean, anybody, yeah. it's the same. Hey, you want to be in an audio drama? Well, everybody what do I have to do? Read this. You know, I mean, everybody wants to be a part of a movie. Everybody wants to be in a horror movie, and they especially want to uh, die on camera. Whenever you tell yes. people, I'm sure Eric gets this constantly, but it, whenever you say you're making a horror movie, people are like, oh, can I get, can I be a zombie? Can I get shot in the head? Can you cut my head off? Like people just get excited about that. But uh, <laughs> crew, crew, it's hard. What'd you say, Eric? What'd you say, But it's a hospital drama. Where does that fit in? I'm not working on a horror film this time. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, it was a bad joke, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, do y'all have your own, do y'all have, like, is it your own production company? So, I mean, the four of y'all, y'all seem to have a very good rapport. So you say y'all moved out to Hollywood. So y'all went out there and now y'all, I have heard several times you refer to you tired of hearing people say no and you don't want to answer to anybody. So do y'all actually, y'all are the start and stop of everything now, huh? On this movie, yeah. I mean, it was just like, you know, I mean, we tried to make it with um, some production companies out here. Right. But, um, like, they would try to cast it, which ties into financing and all this stuff. But, like, we just, they never got it going. And also, Drew and I just never trusted them to, like, let us make what we wrote and do a good job on it completely. So right. we just, like, I mean, in truth, like, the movie is completely steered by Drew and I and Chang and, and Ed, the other producer, and Travis and Eric and all the creative people on it. I mean, it's all just us. You know, it's, it's, we're not backed by a, you know, a multi-million dollar studio that's kind of trying to tell us how to make it. So it's, it's cool. I mean, it's like you don't – in truth, you realize nobody ever really gets to do that too often. So we, we're kind of like the lucky unicorn movie in a weird way is that we had guys that – we're willing to invest in our movie that just believed in us. And that doesn't, that's like super rare. Like every, everyone's like, they just let you go make the movie. I'm like, yeah, yeah. It was like, they didn't make you like change the story. They didn't make you just like, no, no, they just, they, they wanted us to make a good movie. They want us to make our movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, it was a, the so-called day, the so-called day is us. Yeah. There's no day. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, we, so we have like, and that, that's, that's what's important because the four of us kind of like to, you know, we, we, kind of get along really well first off obviously so i know eric for like what more than 10 years now right from the very first horror film i ever yeah. produced which i kind of um, lucked into um you're, you're sorry you were saying oh uh -oh, what's up uh sorry man you're uh you're breaking up yeah oh. eric's kind of choppy yeah eric was it, was it eric, 2009 basically was what happened yeah it's right yeah late late rest one right like 2009 or something so yeah yeah yeah, so so I know him from way back then, and we, you know, we all have very similar tastes in movies and stuff. For example, if you want the four of us go make a religious comedy or something or a romantic comedy, we're probably not going to be able to do it <laughs> really well. <laughs> it's going to come out really fucked up. <laughs> it's going to end up like something you totally wouldn't want to see unless Asylum picks it up. So, <laughs> <laughs> you well, man, we're picking on asylum so much. I'm uh, sure uh, yeah. no, dude. I mean, what they do is amazing because they give they give people hope. You know, it's like, all right, so okay, so you, you don't know what you're doing the first time. Yeah, but that's okay because nobody knows what you're doing the first time. You're just yeah. gonna get better and better at it if you just keep doing it. I mean, See, they, I have been trying to get in with them to do to score their movies because among. What they do, man, their music scores are top notch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, well you know, you know, you know what? Now too. So it's yeah, like, yeah. 
Although, I mean, they have a bigger budget now, so it's actually not kind of like what they used to be, but then, you know, obviously, they're trying to go better also with bigger budgets and such. But you know, you know what? The sure way to get on their, if you want to score their movie, tell yes, them sir. that you will give them money to score their movie. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Hell, that way you want to score my next album? Hell, give me money, I'll let you score it. Absolutely. Same trick worked for the wretched. Everybody yeah, paid for score. No, I'm just kidding. No. I'm still paying off the credit card for working on the wretched. Yeah. <laughs> now I will say, y'all were talking about the, uh, you know, again, just being your own in-house thing and how you were not having any money to film this movie or whatever, but. When I, wa- I watched it again last night, just to kind of run through it, refresh my memory, I will say that the beats and the pacing of this, it does feel like a studio flick, like a yeah. full line. It has a very, and the, I mean, this isn't, I don't know if you would get a film, probably, hopefully not, but it's, it's got a very Lee Wanell feel to it. Like it, yeah. there's just, there's a certain pace that the movie does, but I must say that watching it was like, wow, because it just, it does. The, the camera work is great. The the script itself, it feels like it was a good pacing for it. The film itself just flows naturally. It it feels like uh, it's got a whole lot more studio presence than listening to y'all than apparently it actually does. So I mean, that's a bravo on that because it you had me fooled. That's for sure. Oh, cool, yeah. man. I'm happy. That, about that's that. all these two guys, <laughs> you know. Because basically, I mean, going back to doing doing movie quote unquote the other way, is that I mean, no studio is going to allow these guys, a, you know six, eight, nine, ten months to edit a movie. Because if, you, if you're working for, say, you know, Universal, Blumhouse, whatever, they can say, okay, you got, you got 14 weeks to, to finish it. So because we have a release schedule, finish it and we release it. I mean, we have the kind of freedom to really just, well, obviously the down part, downside is that. So these guys work a whole year for like $42. So, <laughs> so, so, so Still waiting for that check. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's a trade-off. You really want to be true to your vision and really just want to do the movie you really love and and respect yourself for. This is what it takes, you know. Yes. I mean, I mean, people, you know, shit on Michael Bay and people like that all the time. I have so much respect for those people though because they, I mean, just imagine just the mindset to put something like a Bad Boys One or Bad Boys Two together. It is incredible. I mean, just the just the amount of work that's involved and everything else. So, I mean, any movie that gets on screen, I have respect for. I mean, they can be good or bad, but you yeah. know, what I mean, somebody somebody hard to, hard to finish a movie. Like yeah. nobody tries to make a bad movie. But even when you watch a movie, and I actually have a thing. I, I don't even like saying anybody makes makes a bad film or being negative about movies because. You know, even when you watch a movie that you're like, this isn't so good, like, there's so many people that killed themselves and they were trying to make a really good movie. So it, it's it's tricky. But, I mean, for us, with making the film, uh, it was just like, we just knew that the only thing we could do to make sure it felt like a studio movie was to put our, our time in and, and do our homework. And that was because Drew would storyboard the whole film with myself and the DP. And we just went over our script in a ton of different rewrites and we were always tweaking it even up to the day of shooting. And then with Eric with special effects, we just worked really closely with him so that like he knew what we were aiming to do. And then he would advise what would make it better or like what, like if something was like, I've done that before, it's not, it doesn't work the way you think it does. Maybe we need to, what about this idea instead? So it was just like, you know, the one thing you, you got as an independent filmmaker is you got time. You may not be getting paid for it, but you can put in the time to try to get it to the next level. And that that's that was just kind of like that was the rule in making. Yeah, the they always there's that <laughs> saying like you have like the triangle. It's like time. What is it? Time, quality and uh, money. We have a it's restaurant like, around here that has that. You can have it good, cheap and fast. Pick yeah. yeah. You yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's sort of. Yeah. You know, that's the one we had to pick, you know, but uh, yeah. so we did yeah, good, cheap and really, really slow because we used yeah. all the time and didn't get paid. No. <laughs> like if, you, if you're Michael Bay and you can get on set and sort of adjust and shoot things on the fly and you've got the best, you know, everything ever and giant, you know, lights you can just set up to look any direction. That's one thing. But if, if you're on an indie budget, the one advantage you have is the more you plan the more you can sort of like pick exactly how you're going to do something and finesse it so that you're not shooting a lot of coverage. We don't have a lot of shots in this movie. <laughs> you know, we, we have just the number of shots that we need. You know, I, I'm, I get jealous sometimes when I watch um, some of these big Hollywood movies and I'll see like, 
you know, 10 different setups and angles and they're barely even using the coverage from different angles because you can't, you can't accomplish that on an indie. You have to make sure like the two angles that you pick for that scene just really help sell the emotion of the scene so that they're, and they have to work. You, there's nothing that, I mean, there's a couple scenes that ended up on the cutting room floor, but there's very few shots from anything that just didn't make the cut of the movie. Yeah. Like, Eric, Eric's in a very intensive, like practical effects are super intensive. So like for him, I mean, I mean, you talk about the, the older days, Eric, when like, like these movies that did really awesome practical effects were given really long pre-production, like months and months to kind of get oh, things yeah. ready. And like Eric did everything in a two month turnaround, which is, you know, it's not yeah, no right. time, but it's not a lot, you know, it's like, you, that's fast. Like, yeah. But if I yeah. had like, if I had my way, man, we'd be prepping for six or eight months before we start shooting, you know, or something like that yeah. instead. So, the quality, the quality yeah. of the work on display does not betray that time at all. It looks great. I wanted to comment, yeah, on the Dark Mother, man. Though there are just certain sequences when y'all did it, like the at the crib. I'm sorry if I butted in on you. I didn't, didn't mean to. Oh, no, you're good. There's you're a, good. that sequence with the baby at the beginning. Now, first you've you've caught the emotional tension right then and there, but there are just sequences whenever it just shows her eyes, the white pinprick, the little pinpoint eyes going, man. Those were great. It was like, it, now your gore gags, fantastic. You know, you got to have the payoff. We all want the money shot. But leading up to there, man, the, just the smallest little flourish, like those eyes, that was instant creepy for me. And the way that the, the, way that the story it really doesn't waste any time getting to that moment. And then when that happens, man, that was some excellent work. Just excellent use of lighting and just getting it all around creepy, man. That was good stuff. That was done practically too, by the way. Dude, even better. That was, that was on <laughs> set. Uh, but remember, right? She just opened her eyes and it just came off that way. Oh wow, that's oh, yeah. awesome. I couldn't remember. Eric. Was she in full makeup? For, she wasn't, was she? Because we didn't. We say we're not going to see it that much. I can't remember. We didn't do her back. We... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I may, I may have painted her up black. Yeah, I think he just painted up black because there was no reason to do her face completely right. at that time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Wasn't Annie that... and I painted her black, and then she just she. I don't think she was wearing lenses. I think that was just her eyes. I think it was the reflective tape. Actually, we had yeah, these we little put, bits we of put a, reflective tape on reflective her eyes. tape, and we cut it into these little circles. And I think she just put it on her eyelids and closed her eyes. <laughs> and you basically oh, brilliant. We hit it yeah. with a little flashlight off camera to try and make it shimmer. And then we just brought it up in color correction a little bit. Mm -hmm. Oh, dude, remember. that is brilliant. <laughs> and that, that, that we're looking into Blade <laughs> Runner. Blade Runner had this like double laser, this crazy setup, and it just was like it, it just broke my brain every time I tried to understand it. I'm not a lighting guy. And then um, we were looking into um, I can't remember. We found it on some sort of horror site, but like uh, they had been experimenting with just sort of doing reflective tape. And, you know, if you just see a little flicker of light, basically, there, it feels like somebody's, you know, like the cornea of their eye. So it worked out. We did, like, a little test. I'm going to need to keep y'all just, if anything, just a little contact link. I've got a concert coming up. I think I mentioned it a little bit. i got to do a shooting for a, a live show. Oh, cool. And I think y'all have just given me a tremendous inspiration. So if I'm able to pull this one off... I'll be sure to send y'all some pictures of it. Yeah, oh, just, cool. yeah. <laughs> but keep talking. I'm y'all just loading me up with some good shit. So yeah, this, this is great. <laughs> so how does it feel to be number one at the box office? Congratulations, by the way. <laughs> I, I, I am last night myself to sleep every night. So, <laughs> so, 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 so that weird. happened. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's amazing. I mean, basically, yeah. obviously, you know, it's it's feels weird to be taking advantage of a tragedy, really, you know, like a global tragedy that we're doing well because of this. But at the same time, you know, after I, we're providing something to let people take their minds off. So I think I think that's a great service also. And um, I mean, I, I always tell people like toilet paper manufacturers and us are the uh, probably only beneficiaries. Of this, of this. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's yeah, it's it's mind blowing. But obviously, you know, it's it's also a bit of a cheat because obviously the studios are not reporting their grosses. So IFC is the one 
who had the foresight and the uh, and the uh, you know I mean it's 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 almost like it's really gangster for them actually to just like, yeah. you know what no oh, report report and we're yeah. number one yeah. Yeah, yeah hey way to go I mean that's way to jump on it it's, it's yeah, great yeah. I mean they're, they're, they're not they're not pulling a fast one everything is is on the up and up and yeah. um, we'll, we'll for sure we're going to be a trivia question at some point yeah <laughs> <laughs> what's right. that? The lowest year, grossing year, number one box office movie of all time. <laughs> oh, hey, yeah, you know, yeah. all I hear in my head is Vin Diesel. You know, it doesn't matter if it's by an inch or a mile. Yeah. Winning is winning. <laughs> so, I mean, who cares? You know, it's still one. <laughs> yeah, I think I think last year, this time, the number one movie was uh, Avenger Endgame. I think they made like... Look at there you go! Yeah. They're, they're, they're pulling $60 million a day. <laughs> so so the like, wretched is number one. Who's number two? Uh, there you go. See, no one cares. It. I don't even know. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. that's I, terrible. I, I, know. I, I do know <laughs> it's another IFC movie. Because I, wow. believe, I believe top fives are all IFC movies. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're, the, they're the greatest. I mean, yeah. we're so blessed to have, you know, I mean, to have them as our distributor. Because if we're with anybody else, even, let's just say, even, let's say, Landscape or Universal, whatever, picked this up, we wouldn't be in this position. It's because... Well, we I don't know, think we realized like, we were making the perfect drive-in movie. We, we, you know, I, we just we we wanted to make a creature feature. We were just excited to make sort of this, you know, a throwback sort of creature feature. But it kind of plays a lot of the movies that played the best in drive-ins were sort of these like fun, you know, horror B movies. So yeah. it's kind of perfect lucky timing. Yeah, and they were really got- cool because they rolled with it. They were just like at first we were like, hey. We were supposed to come out in like 10 or 15 theaters through them just and then the pandemic hit and we were just like, well, we're not going to come out in theaters. And that was disappointing, but understandable. But then IFC was just kind of like, well, there's some drive ins open. Let's try this. And we were kind of like, oh, OK, OK, we can do that. And we just thought like, I'll be cool playing a couple drive ins. It's safe. And then it just kind of kept growing and growing. And we went from like, you know, 10 to 12 drive ins to like 45 as of yesterday. So it's, it's really cool. <laughs> God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I go to driving every weekend just to look, look, <laughs> look at a crowd and, and snicker. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I went three straight weekends. But I'm mm-hmm. actually, you know, I'm, I'm I'm always there trying. I'm obviously I'm trying to promote a movie, so I to meet people there and, hey, come meet me at a drive-in, you know. So, I mean, it's but it but it's it's, it's a tremendous amount of fun. I mean, you can, it's it's an incredible experience for sure going to a drive-in. Well, uh, I had a question. I haven't had the chance to see your first movie, Deadheads, yet. Well, but, it's on um, Amazon Prime. <laughs> all right, great. I will definitely check it out tonight. Um, Very different. What, what yeah. were some of the lessons that you learned from that shoot that you brought to The Wretched? Uh, there's so many. We, um, we, we made that movie with, like, a shoestring budget and, and just a lot less experience, so we... Um, we didn't know what we were doing. Like we didn't. We were basically just texting the schedule to everybody each day. Like, hey, show up here at 9 a.m. We didn't even have call sheets. Um, there were just a lot of you know. We it was a super green crew on Deadheads. Um, and you know, it's that movie's made with bubble gum and scotch tape. We're really proud of it. It's fun. Um, but we kind of embraced the low budget. It's this. It it feels a little bit like a. You know, it reminds me a little bit of like a Three Stooges sort of weird road trip comedy. It's 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 yeah. happens to have zombies what, in it. What we learned the most was to like be scrappy because like like we did, you know, we were we were a small crew on the Wretched in general. But like on that, we were like super tiny and we just did everything like we were just like and, and Drew and I have always been this way. Like if you like there's no division on set for us in a lot of ways. Like when you make a movie, we work on a film like out in L.A., it's like. You know, if, if you're a PA, you can't go, like, pick up a light because a grip's going to yell at you or somebody in light. You can't, like, cross between any of the de- the, the departments. So, like, on this movie, when we were making The Wretched, um, we had to build this big fake cave that the movie kind of, the finale's in. And it showed up, we had unloaded off this truck. It was a big, you know, bunch of wood and metal that we had all assembled. And Drew and I and my dad just all showed up the day the truck showed up with the pre-made cave stuff to unload it and start setting it up. And I think our production designer was kind of like shocked. She's like, the directors are here lifting the set off the truck and helping set up it in this little area, you know? And it's like, yeah, but that's what it takes. Cause you know, it's like, 
we don't have a lot of money, so we're not going to hire like some construction crew to come put I it think, together for us. I think you it know? just helps inspire the crew too, because at the end of the day, when you finish shooting, there's always like an extra like hour, hour and a half of just wrapping up, you know, and loading up the trucks and getting the equipment back. And a lot of times when we get through that, like Brett and I would help like cart like you know the camera or different parts, you know, back to the set because we only had one AC and it's just a lot of stuff. You have to take a lot of different trips. And that's when everybody's exhausted after like a 12, 14 hour. And Chang and, and our other producer, Ed and Travis, they would like, we'd shoot someplace all night and we knew we had a different location the next day. They'd be up all night with us and then they'd everything get packed up, all the trucks, and they'd drive it all to that set, that other place that same night and then go into the office, do whatever they need to do, maybe sleep two hours, then wake up again to do it the next day, you know? So it was like, you know, we just, everyone was all hands on deck at all times, which is, you know, kind of has to be. And I just wouldn't want to work on something where people don't feel passionate about it that way. You know, yeah, right. exactly. Right. Even also, if you had a crazy budget, I think just everybody else on the crew sort of respects it with all of the leaders that are sort of like the producers and all the head heads of the departments are like sort of chipping in and doing the grunt work, you know, yeah. it just makes them feel better. Oh, cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I, saw, I saw this when I was like, when I way, way back in the day when I was work, doing all the Hallmark movies. I mean, one the very first one I was working on, it was called uh, The Last Cowboy, starring Lance Harrickson, which is awesome. Nice. So check this out. Bradley Cooper's first movie. That was So it was Bradley Cooper. His very first feature film. It was a TV movie, but it was still a movie. Anyway, so uh, one day we're, I mean, in one of the early days, all of a sudden I see our producer, I was a production coordinator at the time, Nick Lombardo was like hiking cables with everybody. And by the way, so Nick Lombardo is the head of FX now. So, but back then it was like, oh, this is, he's like one of the lead producers and he's doing all this stuff. And, and he's doing it, but none of the other producers are doing it. And then I was, then at, when I was looking at that, I said, ah, I think we're all going to be following Nick around from now on, not those other guys. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I mean, seriously. I mean, and also, I think, I think a large part of it is that, like, like what uh, Brett and Drew was saying, you know, after they all wrapped, we have another three, four hours of moving trucks around and, you know, setting up the next location. Obviously, it's really hard. But at the same time, we're having the time of our lives. Mm-hmm. It was hilarious. It was me, Travis, and then our transportation coordinator, basically a three-person crew. Oh, I'm sorry. And John Stanton and uh, Jonelle Sickles, who are our two office coordinator and PA. And just the five of us moving a whole set. And... Uh, and we're all loopy at the end of the day. We will go to Denny's at three in the morning, order this ginormous <laughs> piece, and uh, just like having the greatest time of our life. I mean, we're exhausted, but we're having so much fun. And that's that's a difference. I mean, I, I think on a major, huge movie, you would never get that camaraderie or you know just the just the the pure fun of it. I mean, these two guys are you. You guys were offloading that truck, but you probably had a shit ton of fun just looking at all the pieces coming off that truck. So yeah, things come together. Yeah, I mean, hey, man, you're lucky you're getting to make your movie, so everything's exciting, right. you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 It, it, the, the, the minute you lose that, you probably should be trying to go do something else. Yeah. yeah. That's, I agree. That, yeah. yeah. So uh, what were some of the influences for the design of the creature? Brett's mom. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, Brett and I... Actually, Brett's dad. I see a little bit of bark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before we met with with, uh, with Eric, we we did a bunch of sketches and, and concepts for the creature. And we Brett and I spent a lot of time talking about um, Mike Mignola, who's who's a you know, famous comic book artist, does yeah. Hellboy. Because um, we just love how simple and creepy his designs are. And they have this sort of mythical... I mean, they're super graphic, um, but we I made some designs that kind of feel a little bit like that. And we just we, we wanted the creature to feel sort of feminine and like it had its own sort of mythology. So we just did a bunch of different concepts yeah. and we met with Eric um, and uh, just elaborated on that. Eric did some sculpts uh, like in 3D of the creature and some sketches of his own. And we just kind of did this cool back and forth ultimately um and eric can talk about this more but basically we had different people sculpting different portions of the creature 
and he would send them to us and we would like give notes or like do little doodles over top of it and they would sculpt more. It was just this really cool collaborative process just to try and get sort of the best creature on screen, but also the best sort of thing that would made sense to, to actually sort of like work logistically. Cause it's one thing to make a great looking creature, but it's another thing to make something that looks like it'll actually sort of function on set. Um, and a lot yeah. of people have seen these, like, you know, <laughs> it's, it, you realize how uh, strategic the way that they designed like the alien and aliens is, is that they basically have liquid just pouring down its face all the time. And it's to disguise the fact that it's just this head that barely moves, you know, it's just <laughs> a stiff head with like a retractable mouth, but there's just liquid just dripping off of its face. They're just like pouring buckets because the, the sort of the hard part about creature design is figuring out ways to make things feel sort of organic and alive. That's what I think is the challenge. And Do we drive you nuts, Eric, with our little notes? <laughs> no, you know what? It, yeah. it was funny because like if I felt like we were getting down to the wire, I would I would push a little bit and say, OK, we have to sort of make a decision on this because um, each little design could affect like three steps ahead. So it, it was just being cognizant of that. But it was actually really good having you guys both there to um, to have already kind of designed it in your head so that you knew what it looked like, because we didn't have a lot of time to R&D this thing to where yeah. we had to say, well, we were going to do this and, and trying to do it maybe as a suit which a lot of people would say do it as a suit, but I, I felt like she wasn't going to have the flexibility and since we couldn't cast her. And also the suit was going to take a lot longer to build um, in the time frame. So th th that would have been a logistical nightmare trying to maintain that. But um, no, I, I actually really enjoyed the fact that I could send you guys pictures of the sculpts and you would Photoshop over and say, do this this way. This is what I want to see. Yeah, and then yeah. just I would just send it, you know, tell the sculptor, um, you know, redo this or redo this. And I mean, I think I, I was sculpting on the face for most of it up until the end of it, I had to kind of broaden myself and go into the rest of the other things and start painting stuff. So I, I had like other sculptors come in and kind of finish what I'd started and I would just kind of hand them printouts of what you did. And it, it was really helpful. I thought it was really a good uh, collaborative effort, um, on, your behalf that that was going on because it really kind of took the guesswork out of where we had to go with it yeah but i mean on the other end a lot of eric's work and all their work it looked um i mean it was pretty close all right it was like minor changes it was be like oh the mask we want the the horns to be a little lower or maybe the hags the the wretch's face a little thinner or or something like that it was um the the design like the the sculpts we were getting were already pretty beautiful it was just about kind of just finding the sweet spot so yeah. funny thing the, the guy that actually sculpted the chest piece and the back piece for the the wrench was one of the lead sculptors on the thing for rob Botin back in the day oh really Dude. i didn't yeah. know that yeah <laughs> that's so cool. that's cool and then so um, i i had a couple really good sculptors come in there like casey wong came in and, and finished off the face and he did the neck and it was really good. And then Brian Wade, like I said, was um, was doing the chest and the back piece and all that stuff. And he had, he had worked on the thing and he's he's worked on so many things like it'll make your head explode. So many cool creatures that he's done in cinema. Yeah. I mean, literally make your head explode. That's what he does. But seriously, though, I mean, having Eric on the show is like it's just unbelievable because, you know, he has so much experience and uh if if somebody else came to me and said, oh well, let's not build a suit. I mean, I'll be thinking about it for like a good minute. Oh, okay. But if he says it, like, okay, fine, whatever. You know, yeah. you you know, does way better than I do. You have way more experience. I mean, I also just it's like a quick trivia. Eric Horn is the uh, only person whose name was bleeped out during an Academy Award broadcast because, <laughs> because they thought because they thought his name was a curse word. They thought they thought a guy said a curse word. So what, what happened is that Eric was on a team that uh, that make up team on Vice, you know, the one of the Christian Jake Bale movie. Where yeah. He, yeah. So Eric put the um, Dick Cheney makeup on him. And uh, so that won wow. an award. And then the key makeup guy was, I mean, the makeup department head was on there and said, doing a shout out. And it bleeped Eric's name out. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Which is cooler because now it's a story. Because it, <laughs> Very it, true. Yeah, because otherwise just that oh Eric Porn, whatever. Okay. <laughs> now everybody knows Eric Porn. The only See, person's name. Some people did, but... Yeah. So, I'm sorry, go ahead. 
No, I was I was gonna say I was like number four on that. So I I would just happen to be lucky enough to be on the team to help. You know, it was it was a lot of fun. But yeah, um, I heard the name on on spoken, but some people said they heard it bleeped. So I think it's wherever you were listening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because it depends where you are. So the sensor was not bleeping because there's, there's so many different platforms. Depends on where you are. I think on the on the TV broadcast, well, I think it was bleeped out because I didn't. I I heard I could have I heard a beep, but. But Eric, that's a good story. Just stick to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not fair. Dude, dude, being a number four on an Academy Award winning team is not bad at all. <laughs> no, not at all. Well, actually, you know what? We, we didn't talk about Eric's background. So we were, we were talking about unorthodox, unorthodox backgrounds. Eric. It's like a green wall. Yeah, yeah. No, Eric, <laughs> Eric, Eric had an amazing. Oh, Eric, you, you tell your story, how you got started. Um. I was doing a lot of uh, little films also in Michigan. Um, that's where I grew up, too. So I was doing just these kind of no-budget movies. Some of them never saw the light of day. And, um, and yeah, I had a, my best friend had moved out to Los Angeles, and he said, you should really get, you know, come out to L.A. Sorry, someone had to decide to crash the party. Oh. <laughs> that's that's animatronic, by the way. Eric's hand is up there. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have enough to keep his tongue in his mouth, so he's just kind of there. He to climb up. Um, so my friend was like, you should come out to L.A. because I guarantee you could get some work if you did. Well, I, you know, for years I'm like, I, I don't think, you know, I've got quite what it takes to do the L.A. things, so, but, you know, I'll give it a shot. And so I came out and I think I had like. Had, okay, you can go puke somewhere else, dog. Thank you. <laughs> Save it. Also, we'll use it later. Um, but uh, um, so I think I called like 40 different shops my first week in LA, and then I got a call back from the one shop, which is how I met Chang, which is a company called Almost Human, and they said we'll call you in for an interview because the boss thinks your name is funny. Ah. <laughs> oh, man. So that's how I got my my start in the business was someone thought my name was hysterical. And then, you know, what skills I had from the Michigan days, I just improved on by, like, talking to people and watching people do their work and just kind of, um, you know, jumping into it. Because it's it's like it's like Brett and Drew said, you, you kind of work on some kind of bad stuff and, you know, things that you just kind of do a little bit of everything until you, you kind of expand upon your portfolio. So you can say you got into the industry because of porn. I did. I did. <laughs> it's, okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's never going to die, is it? It's, it's never going to die. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he was young. He needed money. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> I was terrible on the weekends. Oh, man. <laughs> I did want to know, you were talking about uh, your effects, that the effect stuff that you did. You keep mentioning molds and sculpts and stuff for that. I really, because it's become so ubiquitous in films, and this is this is not a trick question nor a setup. I happen to be a fan of both CGI and practical. I don't care. Whatever makes a good picture is what's exactly. going to be good effects. The thing is badass. Three hundred rise of what is it? Rise of Sparta or whatever. That movie was cool as shit, and all the blood was CGI. So I mean, I, I don't care. But your movie apparent was it more practical than? Then the CGI effects, anything composited that you put in there, because honestly, I couldn't tell. It's become, like I said, it's become so ingrained now. But like, how much of your film effects work was actually practical in this? If you don't mind me asking, I know a magician never tells the secrets, but <laughs> well, I would say, well, Eric, if you want to say, it, but it's pretty much all practical. The only real CG or digital in the movie is um, some fire effects. So that's not even Eric's end with the monster stuff. Yeah. Um, and a wow. few cleanup things, like we would remove, like, a boom that came into shot. Um, that doesn't count. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, like, as for the creature, it's pretty much all the creature. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the only shot I saw that had any digital stuff was probably in uh, the shower with Zara on her back. Yes. I think yes. Because- yes. Yeah. We were originally going to put something on her back, and I think, I think at that point, one of you said, like, we were going to... You were just going to do something in post 
so it could be moving or animated because you weren't really sure exactly at that point how far you wanted it to go or yeah but it was also the complication of the water kind of spraying but out kinda, we didn't know how much we'd contrast see down so yeah. much on the back like a lot of the so we were just we knew it had to be like a little grosser and a little more intense too so we just kind of yeah, yeah, that one we plussed. And then I think the only other sort of like gore digital effect is there's some blood on the ground in the opening by uh, Madeline, that Madeline's feet. We um, we just realized sort of retro afterwards that we were just like, oh, we really need to like sell that something terrible happened here. And I can't even tell. Like we got this. Yeah. Uh, right. No, that, that's, that was pretty seamless. Yeah. 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 Lighting everything is. Yeah, it's like 99% practical, though. We just, most of the, I mean, most of the, the CG stuff is boring stuff. It's literally like, oh, you can see a crew member or a little bit of a C-stand. Can we kind of fudge it out of there? <laughs> you see an ex-crew member because yeah, they're yeah, fired. Exactly. I think that's yeah. the sweet spot of any effect, though, right, is when you can't tell. You know, That's correct. With that's CG my view. Or with if anything is like if you just, it, there's that magic trick quality of like, I don't know what happened there. You know, like that is the exciting part about effects and digital effects too. You know? The oh, best oh. trick is never knowing there was one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I've, I've done CG and I've done makeup. So, I mean, I, I love them both. And I think they both, it's like there's a different tool for every job. You can yeah. either paint the regular brush or you can airbrush. And, and, you know, the CG might be the airbrush. Yeah. So it's like you just yeah. have to know where you have to paint with the regular brush and where you paint with, the airbrush it's, it's just knowing what tool is better for the job at the time yeah, there's, a, there's a healthy marriage defined between them where they can yeah. share and then people don't know and it's great that's the place you want to hit so yeah it is but y'all called the film a creature feature and so it's like i referred to it before it has a very lee one l feel like a very james wan pacing to it mm -hmm. if anything because it, it feels like that and it's just it's cool to see that it's not from a big, huge studio, it's very localized. I mean, you're complaining that, you know, you wish you had more shots and stuff, but I actually like <laughs> it. Just, yeah. you know, if you just very small locations, but the movie felt really big because you gave us the house, you gave us the convenience store, and you gave us the harbor. And, and you gave us Surfside, too. So, I mean, the yeah. movie felt a lot bigger, I imagine, than it actually was. <laughs> yeah. Was really yeah. good work. That was a little by design because Drew and I knew the hallmark of what makes a movie feel cheap is when, like, you see, a lot of times you see, like, lower-budget horror movies, and there'll be an opening scene in one location, and then the rest of the movie will be in this one house. <laughs> and that's it. That's kind of, like, all you get. Yep. And we were like, if we go to at least three or four different places, which sounds like a really boring thing, you go to three or four different places, it changes the scope of the movie automatically. So we were like, let's use this marina because man, it looks really cool and it looks way different than the houses. And let's, let's build an underground cave and let's shoot a creepy scene out in the woods. Now, the cool thing is, is most of those locations are all like 20 minutes away from each other. So it's all it's all about kind of like juggling, like how can we make sure all these places are close to each other and make it feel like all these different places. So yeah, and it, was, it was what we were going for. So. <laughs> yeah, it, it worked, definitely. I mean, it, it was really good. It, very very nice because watching it last night it was just it's fun oh, you don't fine. get those anymore that just is very yeah. good it's like when it's fun it's always because yeah. it's a horror comedy and it's like uh, yeah. I, I that's not the fun i want it's just i yeah. want a creepy film i want either a creepy creature feature or just something really just kind of feels all creepy and spooky and i want to have fun with it and a lot of that's yeah. getting lost nowadays i just i enjoyed it yeah. we totally it, agree it, with it you it's fun yeah, Drew and I always talked about, like, Drew just said, like, along, before we made it, he's like, you know what I miss, man? A roller coaster horror movie, a fun horror movie. Like, it can get dark, but it can also be fun. So, and we were like, let's make the fun horror movie again, <laughs> you know? Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, a lot of the horror films are just taking themselves really, really seriously right now. Which is fine. <laughs> but it's like, oh, man, it's like, I feel like I need to write a paper after this. I mean, I love hereditary, but Jesus Christ, man, <laughs> I mean, fun is a word you will use after watching that. So, so but, feel good know. movie here. Yeah, right. I was going to say, you might need some therapy after watching hereditary. Yeah. Right. Or, or a mother or any host out alongside the but I couldn't tell you. <laughs> telephone pole i love them now <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you 
you guys brought up uh, Zara earlier, and I noticed her wardrobe change from a more alternative look into something more akin to a quote-unquote traditional housewife. And I thought that was a really nice bit of visual storytelling. Is there anything else in the film that you th- guys think people may have missed? Oh, there's a ton, hopefully. <laughs> we're excited <laughs> to rewatch the movie. Um, cause we, we've, we've, we've sort of layered so many little Easter eggs just relating to the story. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of things specifically. The colors were an intentional oh, choice. The, the, in the costumes, the colors were intentional choices because I mean, not to give away anything in the movie, but yellow and red are usually representation of like something evil or dark. So there's a reason that certain people are wearing yellow and red in the movie, Zara in one in scenes huh. too. Um, so that was like intentional. But as in Drew saying to the story, there's a lot of hidden things that um, we put in there that I think people will catch on a second viewing that will make them enjoy, hopefully enjoy the movie more. That they're like, oh, I didn't see that, but that makes total sense now. <laughs> you know, so that's that's kind of the cool part is we got to kind of because it's a little bit of a, an unraveling mystery is we tried to thread in as many hints towards where it was going without kind of hitting you over the head with it. So I'm going to have to rewatch that. The very last scene with what you said in mind about (laughs) red and yellow, just to try and see if I can steam away some of that ambiguity. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, the the movie is a bit of a puzzle too, because I mean, I, I see a lot of reviews saying that, well, wait, that doesn't make any sense at all, or this didn't make any sense, or that didn't make any sense. But yeah, if you, did. but if you really go back, <laughs> no, no, that's what I'm saying. But if you really go back and unravel it, then, then you can see what the various pieces are, and then everything kind of fits together. Because God knows we sat there and freaking argued about, no, that's stupid. That thing, <laughs> wait, no, that makes no sense. No, what do you? The, fun, the funniest yeah. thing that you never think as an independent filmmaker is like the day after our movie came out. Somebody made like a really extensive mo- like video that they put on YouTube called The Wretched Explained. And it goes through every beat of the movie. And I kind of watching that, I'm like, hey, we were successful because whoever made this video totally got it. He just basically went through what happened. There was no he explanation. Did. He explained it all <laughs> making sense, you know. And I was like, "Well, they, they, I guess we okay. did all right because we got the movie." So <laughs> it was good at the end. Once everything starts, I'm really going to avoid spoilers. So just there's yeah. a certain, there's a certain realization getting close to the end of the movie, and I never saw that coming at all. Yeah. And when it, I was like, "Holy shit!" And then it just, I started thinking about it. And then whenever we start seeing these other, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that was cool. Like, that was yeah. really good to catch. Just, yeah. you caught me unaware. I'm, and I'm not one of those. I'm not watching to try to find it, like, eagle yeah. eye and every, every little thing. But for, uh, for that to just come out of nowhere and be like, oh, that, that was really good writing. Right. Oh, cool. I mean, Thanks. I mean, when I, even, even, I mean, even now, I'm looking at it and I say, uh, I'm, even my mind is still being bent sometimes because I think <laughs> I asked Drew two days ago, well, not like a week ago, saying, "Wait a minute, hold on a sec, what happened here again?" Does that mean, how does that explain it? And they explain to me, so, "Okay, yeah, no, that's right, that's okay." So, Trust me, all the questions that people have ever thought from watching our movie, we were aware of them and we thought about them. <laughs> so because we were like, we we're like, we're gonna do this. We really got to do our homework. <laughs> yeah. They were in the script. I remember reading the script the first time, and there were descriptions of scenes saying that there was this laid out or this laid out. And I'm like, well, what what does that have to do? And then I got to the end of the script, and I'm like, oh, that's why they had plugged that into there, and that's why it was there. <laughs> so the seeds of, of that kind of a thing are throughout the movie, and then you get to you know some of the, the more fun twists and turns, and you're like, oh, yes, it was definitely plotted out. It was in there. Yeah, yeah. That's called being scared of making a bad movie. <laughs> no, I mean, well, you got nothing to be scared of now, so. No, that's, yeah. no, that's called being, being scared of being made fun of by, uh, by uh, what is that website? Red Letter Media? No, not Red no, no, yeah, um, yeah. No, 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 the other one. Cin- no, cin- cinema Sins. Oh, oh. I always watch those. Do you guys ever watch those? I always feel bad for the people's movies that they're going through because I'm like, well, I mean. They were trying, or this is, I don't know if that's a screw. It's just funny. It's like, 
Yeah, you just feel it when when you make your own stuff. It's like you never like to see a, any movie get picked on anymore. <laughs> Basically, yes. Yeah. Some of it was okay, like coming up, I was kind of like, but now, nah, I, I ain't got time for it, honestly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How was it working with all the kids on set? You know, I heard that it's always kind of rough working with kids for one reason or another. But I was just curious as to how your experience was. Well, every, every, everybody is great except that that damn baby. <laughs> I actually have the sequel now. We're gonna have to make another one because I have. Yeah, that's Drew's baby. Yeah, that's the movie. It was actually horrifying because we all of our actors showed up on set and I hadn't seen my kid in like three, four weeks because we were in pre-production and essentially my kid arrived the same time with all the other actors and we were about to shoot the scene. We blocked through it and I'm basically like, here's a baby act with it <laughs> which i just felt like the like you know the the sort of nazi director just like here try and and they were my my baby was visibly upset like he was just wailing in these poor actors faces in 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 the mother's face and in in uh thai uh it, um and they were just uh yeah they were they were trying to act through the scene with this baby just blaring in their face and i don't i don't it wasn't bad with the other kids, though, because, like, in a weird way, the, the biggest challenge about that is when you work with kids. I mean, everybody always says, oh, it's terrible work with kids. It's not the kids. The kids were fine. They were awesome. They were, like, all about it. But kids got to be offset by a certain time, and you can't shoot any later with them. Right. You know, labor laws. So the tricky part was we had a lot of night shoots with kids in night scenes. So we would have to, like, shoot the kids' stuff all out and then get rid of them and then shoot the scene with the adults and kind of try to, like, fake it without them there you know yeah, try to make it feel like they were there the kids so that was hard standing across from them <laughs> yeah right. yeah so it's just more just kind of like a planning thing we're kind of like oh man you only get the kids and it gets dark for like two hours like two hours go shoot all the kids okay kids go home okay redo the scene with the other people and where's the kid even though he's not here we have to figure out where his eye line was and all this other stuff so that, that was Don't the forget. that was a tough part yeah yeah Don't so that's what that's one part of it go ahead yeah. go ahead, eric well, I was going to say, don't forget, in Michigan, it didn't get dark until almost 10 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. And the oh, kids no. pretty much had to be out there by like 1030 or 11 most of the time. So it's kind of like, it's dark, shoot. Like right. I mean, thank God it was holiday season. So we were we were able to use, I mean, it, it was during school times and we would be totally screwed. But, yeah. uh, but also the, the, the all the, the three, main, three main kids, right, I believe, we had our, they are all so incredibly professional. I mean, these are, I, I work on a lot of Hallmark movies. So, I mean. Lord knows I work with children. I think the three I worked on with these on this movie are three of the best child actors I ever worked with. Yeah. So I mean they were they were they were so good at their what they're yeah. doing. I mean I think they the were one more great, mature than all of us. So yeah, for <laughs> sure. Oh my God, watch listening to doing interviews at the film festivals and stuff like that, or it's like what what? Yeah. <laughs> How old are you again? This is yeah. crazy. <laughs> no, I mean, and also Jalea, the, the the little girl. I mean, she had a screen that's like a million dollars. Yeah, she's a, she's an incredible. She has an incredible screen, and uh, she's that that girl has a bright future. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a funny audition process with kids because you're trying to. I mean, it's really hard just in general for people to act scared. But when you, a lot of the audition process was like, you know, us like creeping up from behind a chair and just being like, all right, we're getting closer. You're getting more afraid, and then give us a scream. And, uh, yeah, they were they were all great at it, you know. <laughs> so there was no William Peter Blatty exorcist shenanigans going on, shooting off guns in the studio no. to scare people, nothing no. like that. No, <laughs> no. Do the Spielberg creepy clown like thing. Yeah, Drew and I are too nice. We don't want to do anything. Yeah. Yeah, we want everybody to have a good time and know that we like really want them to be there. So, and the thing is, is like. I hear about those things. I'm like, you know, I think we can still pull off good stuff without firing a gun off its head. Without being an ass, I think yeah, we could yeah, be yeah, okay, yeah. you know. Yeah, that, yeah. that usually just shows that you're probably not that good at your job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> As I remember that, that famous story, right? When when uh, when uh, um, uh, Sir Olivier and uh, Dustin Hoffman were on Marathon Man. And uh, obviously Dustin Hoffman is doing on Methody. And Lawrence Olivier said, son, it's called acting. I mean, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> 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 as far as the questions, I'm curious as to what Justin has going on. 
Just the last thing I have here is uh, Brett and Drew, you guys uh, wrote the script as well. Were there any witch legends or stories that helped influence your story? Uh, yeah, yeah. We actually, I mean, it, it's basically based on two different witches in folklore. We, uh, we were, I really liked one witch that was a English uh, witch called Black Annie or Black Annis. Um, mm-hmm. and she was like a blue-faced hag witch that lived in a creepy tree and stole kids out of people's houses and brought the kids down into her tree and she would eat them. Um, and Drew really liked this other witch called the Boo Hag, which is an Appalachian witch that's kind of a skinwalker. Like it's I'm a, familiar with that one. Yeah, a skinwalker, and she crawls into skins and pretends to be people, but you also can, like, salt her skin so she, you know, it kills her when she crawls back into the skin. So those two witches were kind of our, our, our two ideas that we blended together. And then we came up with a couple of rules ourselves and came up with the wretch. So, but it was, it was, the intention was that like, if you see the wretch that she looked kind of like hag, like witches that we've seen in a lot of different folklore so that anybody watching it would kind of maybe like, if they were familiar with any of that stuff, they might kind of, you know, take that into the movie with them. So, but yeah, it was the boo hag. And Black Annis is our wasn't, big, big wasn't two there also inspirations. The Baba Yaga at one point, Baba Yaga is another one that has some similarities in some ways. Like she collects the fingers of dead children in graveyards, and she does. She lives in a chicken leg house. Um, and usually, there's this other witch called yeah. Jenny Green Teeth that's really yeah, cool. like lives in a bog yeah. kind of swamp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's definitely the the cave with the water aspect of the wretch crawling in the water. That comes a lot from the Jenny Greenteeth stuff. And if you look up online, you see a lot of like artistic um, interpretations of Jenny Greenteeth. You'll notice that the design of the wretch has a lot of similarities. So, All right. Yeah. Right. Well, Gentlemen, what are y'all doing now? What do you have coming up? Chill for us. Sell us something. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> We're doing a four-man show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Live on Skype. Yeah, we're... Uh, uh, Drew and I want to do a werewolf movie, but uh, that's, oh, that's our Oh, yeah. hell yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah this one great. clearly wasn't hard enough. We want to take on the biggest fish of all horror movies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we feel like we have a really, we just love, we, we came up with a sort of a werewolf story years back, and uh, we're actually in the process of writing it right now. But uh, we just think we have such a unique sort of take on the mythology, uh, yeah. the same way we did with this. So we're excited about it. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. That'll give us something to look forward to. We're, <laughs> yeah, uh... for, sure, for sure. I mean, the, the first stuff is going to be uh, super challenging. So so the idea is that we're going to have a werewolf that has no fur. So, <laughs> <laughs> like a chihuahua. So it's yeah. Have you guys seen Can we just use your dog, Eric? Skinless. Right. Yeah. We're gonna let's, say people wanted to, uh, let's say people wanted to find y'all. Or like, you know, whenever they're not watching The Wretched... And when they're just sitting around waiting for the theaters to open back up, where would they find y'all individually? Or do y'all have a group page or, you know, where, well, where can they find you? Where can you funnel these people when they're looking for, hey, where are those guys that made the wretched? Where could they find you? You can Maybe find us prison. on Instagram. Oh, yeah, prison. <laughs> we're, we're, we're on Instagram. We got uh, at the wretched movie. We do a lot of posting on there of just like behind the scenes photos and sharing stuff from the crew and the cast. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm at Jackstar Grundy, so I post on there too. Um, but yeah. and I don't know where the other guys are. I just t- I tie you guys to all my Instagram posts somehow. I just type in your name. So <laughs> I, under my name, which you know at Eric Porn. That's E R I K P O R N. As bad as it sounds. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm at the Mission T driving every weekend. So. <laughs> When a movie is in session, yeah. you can find me. <laughs> the, the movie is number one in the country because Chang has spent three hundred thousand dollars at the drive and see it. Exactly. Yeah, he I just, I, I just put rolls a, up I put a credit card. card. Yeah. Exactly. But, Everybody ink for free. Just come yeah. here and tell <laughs> yeah, We will full all this thing. That's why it's number one. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> it's like payola. It's like in radio. <laughs> that's, <all you> yeah. <laughs> that's hey whatever works i think uh, you know i'll quote vin diesel again if y'all need to hear it again just that exactly. nice little lullaby you know the birth of financial now women is women guys it's been awesome talking with y'all i really appreciate it 
Yeah, yeah, I know. Just, kind of, just I love hearing about the production aspects of this any day. I mean, it, I I love hearing about, especially indie flicks. I, yeah. I got a I got a soft spot for. I have a I do a podcast called The Bottom Rack, and I don't I don't make it a point to shit on films, but I call it The Bottom Rack because that's where I reach for whenever I go for a film is on the bottom <laughs> rack. <laughs> and and I do that. It's just it's the type of films I look for. I love B movies. I call it. I say this with all endearment. I this is a term of endearment. I just have to make sure people understand it when I say it. But I call it shitty movie Sunday. I grew up <laughs> watching full moon flicks, and it just didn't end up. It, it usually ended up being on a Sunday, sitting around with nothing to do. Well, I prefer B movies. I just, you know, I like the AAA stuff, but it just gets so old. It's I don't yeah. care. Everybody yeah. feels like theirs is the story of the century, and I don't yeah. care. I want to yeah. see something lurid and people get killed, and I want to see it with some, you know, hokey designs and stuff. So that's that's whenever I call it, you know, bottom rack material, shitty movie Sunday, stuff like that. I love this stuff. Friday. This uh-huh. this movie feels like I would grab it off the shelf at Walmart and love. And I, had I done that, I would love every bit of it. That I oh, <laughs> ramble on and on just to tell y'all that I love it. We passed the Walmart test. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah. That's right. I think, I think. Wait, all of us worked in a video store at one point, right? I know Drew and I did. Eric. I did you work for seven years? I yeah. worked for seven yeah. years at a video store. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. I work at a laser disc store. No. Oh, that's oh. man. The, the the very first laser disc store in Los Angeles was it was yeah. an Asian one because of uh, um, this was actually before like Dave's Laser and Laser Blazer started because laser disc was a lot more popular in Asia like in Japan places like that. So the place I worked at was like, was mostly like Jackie Chan laser discs, which cost like four four hundred dollars to buy. <laughs> God. Remember the old days? Imported wow. laser discs are so expensive. Yeah. So working there was like a dream because I get to you know watch all this stuff for free instead yeah. of paying all the money. I miss my video so. store days, man. It was great. That was the best Amen. job. Amen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're back. Good. Dude, yeah. what's 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 we'll what's all the, all the we got four employees right here. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> I mean, we have employees. I mean, same screen and the same interview. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> be hilarious. Yeah, I don't have to keep y'all anymore. There's no need to keep y'all around if y'all. No, no, we don't. Hey, guys, it's quarantine. Just, I don't want to leave. I don't want to stay here. And talk <laughs> Let's just stay here. Let's make us another movie. We could think up one real quick. A nice little work session going on. Well, guess what Drew and I get to go do? We get to go record an hour and a half commentary for the movie now. <laughs> eventual yeah. blu-ray dvd so yeah. now that's what i was going to ask so you're doing a commentary that means y'all have already secured the uh release right so there will be yeah. physicals oh yeah there will be at some point we just don't know the date um my guess is it'll be sometime in the fall but uh yeah so we're we're getting all that stuff together and yeah as soon as we know we'll start posting about it so right. <laughs> well as soon as this thing hits the shelf i don't know i don't know walmart changed their uh their thing so sometimes they alphabetize it so just because it's on the bottom doesn't mean it's a bottom rack movie but yeah. i can assure okay. you if this thing hits the shelf i will be doing an episode on it as well so i'll try to holler at y'all and let y'all hear it, it again i don't do it to shit on it i do it to have no, my main criteria if you want a good rating from me <laughs> let me tell you what the ratings are first of all it just has to be cool it has to be fun the box art better not be a lie <laughs> I'm a child of the 80s That's that box art is making me a promise so yeah, as long yeah. as the movie lives up to what the box art is promising we are a-okay I totally agree with you man there's so much like fake you out box art man <laughs> <laughs> now, again it's all oh, good nature driven do you see that that's, 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 that's all Criterion Blu-rays <laughs> wow <laughs> Damn, that's insane. That's great. Yeah, no, and that's actually only part of it. There's another show. No, because actually, just a quick, quick side note. I had a friend who was the head of marketing for Criterion. I got so much free Criterion. <laughs> <It's amazing. laughs> this is this is why I got in the movie so I can get free DVDs. I was <laughs> gonna say getting free Criterion movies is any film buff's dream. That right. yeah, that's a good reason to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. This is why I got into hacking, so I could have free streaming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. 
I've like, already bootlegged your cool film, guys. guys. Come on. Drew and I no. got to run because we got to drive somewhere. Yes, to go yes. Before yeah, this. y'all go right. ahead. Thank yeah. you Thanks, so much. Guys. I'll Maybe see you guys. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. See you later. Be safe. Thanks, guys. Yeah.